how you feel is, I mean, I don't think she's going so far as to say irrelevant, but it's not enough to, to define you as having a health problem. Right. Yeah. Um, and so obviously for me, having my experience of feeling terrible for years yeah. and going to all these different doctors and having them say, no, there's nothing wrong with you. Right. That's where this that that's where this gets me is mm -hmm. that going through that experience just feels like no one is taking you seriously. Yeah. You're crazy. No one believes you. Mm -hmm. You don't or maybe like you don't deserve to feel good. This is Get Personal with Dr. Chris. Real life stories and informative conversations, helping you take control of your health and feel like yourself again. On today's episode, I'm joined again by my son, Anthony, to talk about an article from Time Magazine that struck a nerve with both of us. It's called Hormone Balancing and Cycle Sinking Are a Myth. As you know, as a listener to this podcast, these are both things I address with my patients, and I certainly don't consider them to be myths. Anthony is a journalist with his own experience with chronic illness, and the article reminded him about some of the attitudes towards health and medicine that make treating a complex health problem more difficult and demoralizing. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. It's Dr. Chris Wallace. And today we are going to be talking about an article that I had come across. Um, Anthony's here with me today. Uh, we just came off a of vacation. So if you're wondering where we've been, um, we've been on vacation. And since he's my son, we were together, which was totally cool. But we're back at it. And today we're going to be discussing this article that has a lot to do with, uh, yeah, you guessed it hormones, because of course, that's my favorite thing to talk about. So this article, um, when I first read it, I immediately opened a Word document and started to re rebuttal. And I'm like, talking to Anthony, of course, because he's in the journalism world. I'm like, how do I get in touch with this author? Like what we have to do something about this. And he's like, okay, all right, just chill out. Uh, we can talk about it on your podcast. And I'm like, okay, we're going to do that. So the article was in Time, which is a big publication, and I have respect for a lot of publications, and that's fine. Um, and it was published May 9th, 2023. The title of this article is You Don't Need to Balance Your Hormones, and also Hormone Balancing and Cycle Sinking Are a Myth. So put those two things together for a minute and just imagine what I thought. If you can think of any time when my blood pressure might elevate, that would be uh, when it happened. So today we're just going to talk a little bit about my take on the article. Um, Anthony's read it and has some ideas about it as well and brought some things up to me from the viewpoint of in generalities, it, it kind of it kind of makes it seem like, you know, you don't need to to balance your hormones. Like basically you have no control over this. So just let it go. Obviously that makes me crazy. 
and makes him crazy too because of everything he's been through in his own own health journey. So let's get started and start taking this part just a little bit. Well, I'll just say for the intro that, yeah, so you sent it to me and I read it and I don't have a lot of personal experience with (laughs) balancing hormones. Uh, cycle sinking right um, so, <laughs> but but you do because when yeah, you were sick hormones, yeah when you were sick your yeah. testosterone drops right anytime you're sick especially men their testosterone is going to try to to jump in and take care of your immune system and so you did have a drop in your testosterone when you were sick so anyway yeah obviously yeah, you don't it's, have a, it's about hormones and yeah. I have some experience with that but the reason that i had a strong reaction to it. And I thought that it'd be good for us to talk about it on the podcast is that it brings up some bigger ideas about disease and medicine and healthcare that I think are pretty common and really just not helpful and, and really pretty, pretty weird if you think about it. So, so before we get into that part of it, we'll start first with the kind of more specific parts of this that are about um, hormone balancing and cycle syncing. And so the, the the general idea of the article is that these things are like a TikTok myth. Yeah. Balancing hormones isn't a real thing. And it's just like a fad that has no basis in science. And you're kind of a sucker if you if you fall for it. And it even talks about how people that spread this idea about hormone balancing are oftentimes selling stuff. Mm-hmm. So she kind of makes it sound like it's a scam. Right. Um, so she talks about each of these things and basically says there's no scientific evidence for mm-hmm. them. So she talks about cycle syncing and she quotes one doctor who said, I'm not familiar with any study that shows that eating food can affect your hormones. Well, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. Hippocrates tells us, right? Anything you eat and anything and the way you live your life, we know affects your health. And your hormones are a giant part of your health. Your endocrine system is really the big daddy. Like it's in charge of a lot of what happens in your health. So eating is whatever you eat is obviously going to affect your hormones. Can you change what you eat? And will that affect your hormones? And the answer to that question is always going to be yes. Um, Cycle or seed cycling, you know, we, we've talked to, you know, Kate from Funkit Wellness. Um, I've taught numerous women over the last several years how to use seed cycling to either correct PCOS, to bring a period back that was missing. So that's amenorrheic when you don't have a period, to correct PMS, um, lots of cramping and uncomfortableness in that luteal phase. So we've used seed cycling to change all of that. And while I never ran a scientific study in my practice, I have a lot of what's called anecdotal research and anecdotal outcomes of how seed cycling itself helps with 
your hormones. Now, seed cycling takes the seeds, like, you know, in the follicular phase, it's taking pumpkin seeds and flax seeds and and everything that they represent, the phytoestrogens that are found in them um, and the zinc that is found in those seeds, always the omega-3s that are found in those seeds. So those are going to help and push and support estrogen and the elimination of estrogen in that first half of your cycle. Second half of your cycle, when you have your sesame seeds and your um, sunflower seeds, you know, you're going to be bringing in more omegas as well. You're going to bring in more magnesium. It's going to help decrease prostaglandins, going to decrease the, the all of your cramps. Anyway, yeah, those things, when you eat them every single day is going to make a difference. What if you just ate... I don't know, McDonald's every day. Yeah, what if I mean, you ate McDonald's every day? How would you feel at the end of 30 days? I mean, she, <laughs> I can't imagine she's claiming that what you eat has no effect on your hormones or your health. I mean, everyone knows that. Yeah. Of, of course, the more specific question is, you know, if you're eating, like this, doing the seed cycling stuff, you're eating certain seeds mm -hmm. at certain times of the month. Will right. that affect how your hormones are operating? You said that, just from treating people, you've seen it make a difference. Mm -hmm. And there's also, if you put it into Google Scholar, which you should only ever do if you want to look up research, you will see several articles published in PubMed and some of those scholarly publications about seed cycling specifically. Now, I'm not talking about cycle sinking. Remember, cycle sinking is a term that's been, it is new. It's all, all this is relatively new. Hmm. I wonder if that's why there's not a lot of science behind it. Cycle sinking pertains to exercise and even performance and exercise. So if you look like, like I found a, a 2020 study, um, in a journal called sports medicine, and that was looking at sports performance as it related to a menstrual cycle. They did find some evidence of accelerated sport, sports performance in the follicular phase, probably not enough to be significant, but they did find that there was a little bit better performance. So, you know, most of us women are not elite athletes. We want to just work out when we feel the best and we want to use our hormones more like use our hormones to give us the best that our body has to offer at particular times of the month. So there's not a ton of scientific studies about this because it is new, like you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that, that, that's that's a accurate part of the article, and it's definitely really valuable to have scientific studies. Yeah. So I'm sure that it would be a good thing if this stuff was studied more. Um, but in the meantime the anecdotal evidence does mean something. Mm -hmm. And I think a really big thing to remember is if it's just eating seeds, there's not much of a downside to that. Right. So it's probably worth a try. Mm -hmm. And if it helps you, then that's good. And then the other, so the other, I'll just read this sentence from the story. So she says, there's a clear disconnect between the guidelines and measurements clinicians use to diagnose endocrine disorders and the non-existent metrics of hormone balancing. So she's saying that when you're doing hormone balancing, there's no, no way to measure it. No, yeah, no lab work or like quantitative information that's used at all. That's completely false. I mean, we can see if if you drew your blood every day, like let's say we drew your blood every single day in in a menstrual cycle. 
starting day one until you had your menstrual cycle day one at the end of that month. And we would see a change in your hormones. And we we should see in a 28, 30-day cycle, one that's what we would call a typical cycle, we would see an elevation in estrogen as you go through that follicular phase, a peak at ovulation, and then a drop as it comes down into the luteal phase. You would see progesterone low in that luteal in that follicular phase and then see it elevate up into your luteal phase. I can see that in labs. If you're having issues with your menstrual cycle, we want to see your labs on day 21. There's a reason for that. Because on day 21 of your cycle, we should see a relationship between your estrogen and your progesterone. They should be balanced within the range of values that are given for at that given time. So if your estrogen is, you know, 400 and your progesterone is three, that's an obvious imbalance. That has to be corrected. Can it be corrected with seeds? With seeds? Yeah. Could it be corrected uh, with bioidentical progesterone? Yeah. Could it be uh, corrected with decreasing the stress in your life? Maybe. You know, could it be corrected with birth control pill? Yeah, it could. And that's a pretty easy way to do it. However, many women don't want to do it that way. And maybe that's why seed cycling and, you know, quote, balancing your hormones, being in charge of that never gets a lot of attention and hasn't been studied very much because every single woman since the day she turned 12 and had a menstrual cycle that had an issue with her cycle went to a medical practitioner that looked at her and said, oh, you're having bad cramps. Oh, your period's really long. Oh, it's really short. Oh, you're bleeding too much. Here's a birth control pill. And ding, 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 you're all done. That takes all the control out of your life. Like you, that's just basically you take this pill every day and it's all better. Okay, you don't need to do anything or you you can't do anything or you have don't have the power to do anything. That's my pet peeve. Yeah, and something that she talks about in this is like what the definition is of a real health problem. Right. A legitimate, actual health problem as yeah. opposed to a fake whatever. <laughs> and I mean, you're, you're saying, you know, people could have their hormone lab values, like one is super low and the other one's too high. Mm-hmm. I mean, how is that not out of balance? I mean, that's right. That seems to be a pretty good way to describe that. And, and that and that woman may not carry a diagnosis of PCOS, which is which is a, a diagnosis. I mean, it has an, a legitimate diagnosis code. It's a whole thing. Um, but there are criteria to get that diagnosis. You might not have PCOS. You might not be perimenopausal or postmenopausal, but you might feel like crap. You might not have great periods. They might be heavy and you, you might be missing work in school because of it. You know, just because it doesn't have an actual ICD-10 code doesn't mean it's a problem for you and it's affecting your life. Yeah, this is what it actually says. This is reading from the article. It said, it says some people struggling to lose weight may be hampered by a true hormonal issue like hypothyroidism in which certain hormones are underproduced or polycystic ovarian syndrome, a relatively common hormone disorder among women. But these and other health conditions, other real health conditions are definable and can't be diagnosed or treated exclusively at home, 
and they often pose real health risks beyond just weight gain. So the implication here is that she's basically saying that a, a real health condition is definable. I don't, I, mm-hmm. I don't really know what definable like means Like an ICD-10 exact... code. Like it has a code. Okay. I mean, you could define hormone imbalances, just hormone imbalance. Mm-hmm. But, but then she says it, it must be definable and it can't be diagnosed or treated exclusively at home. And it poses a real health risk. I think, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's kind of the age old. I don't, I don't feel good. I'm going to go to the doctor. They're going to draw my blood and whatever they say. If they come up with something, then that's a diagnosis, and that's what's the matter with me. But you know, fifty percent or more of the time, you do go, you go, you get all that done, and and what do they say? Oh, you're fine. Everything's normal. Everything's normal. Because if you don't look at that lab order, if you don't look at those lab results um, of your hormones in the way that I look at them or other functional medicine or naturopaths might look at them or people that are specializing in hormone health like we do, um, if you're not looking at them in a relative way within the boundaries of those actual results, then yeah, everybody's normal. And I, and I think, I think your, what you're saying, Anthony is, and what the article is saying that is that you, you, you don't have anything unless you have proof in the science or proof in the lab work. It takes away the validity of your symptoms and the validity of how you are feeling. And that again is a pet peeve. In other words, you know, we spend, or I spend no less than 30 minutes with most of my patients every time I see them, every time I talk to them, because your symptoms are always going to be changing. And I want you to understand how you can affect your health. I want you to take charge of your health. I will give you the tools and I want you to understand. That's why I tell patients, you should know your, your, your cycle, like get an app, know it. Because if you know it, you know, when you feel better, you know, when you don't feel good and you absolutely have control over that. So again, reading an article that says something like, you know, you know, you don't have to balance to me says, yeah, well, you, you also can't balance it you don't have a control. Yeah, I think the main thing that bothered me about it is the idea that how you feel is not legitimate. It, yeah, it's it's yeah. not the main indication of your health or it's it's a, well, there's a quote from from someone that said that says, you know, a problem with hormone balancing is how you feel becomes the indicator of hormone imbalance. And so yeah, the the back to the the definition of a real health problem versus whatever a mythological health problem is that it's detectable clearly by a doctor by some kind of diagnostic test mm-hmm. how you feel is i mean i don't think she's going so far as to say irrelevant but it's not enough to to define you as having a health problem. Right. Yeah. Um, and so obviously for me, having my experience of feeling terrible for years yeah. and going to all these different doctors and having them say, no, there's nothing wrong with you. Right. That's where this, that that's where this gets me is mm-hmm. that going through that experience just feels like 
no one is taking you seriously. Yeah. You're crazy. Um, you, no one believes you. Mm-hmm. You don't, or maybe like you don't deserve to feel good. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. That, I, I, yeah. I mean, if you really think about it, like prioritizing the objective measurements that machines and science can take about your body, mm-hmm. prioritizing those things over how you actually feel makes no sense at all. Now, that, that objective stuff is very, very valuable and help it helps us feel better. Yeah. But the, the main goal is to feel better. Right. I, I'm if I could choose between feeling good and having the numbers on my lab tests be good, I'm obviously going to feel good. Feel good. Yeah. The numbers are only valuable because they can theoretically help me feel good by informing treatments. Yeah. I mean, their objective measurements are important. Subjective measurements, which I would say is how you feel, is incredibly important as well. That's why we have to always bring them together. That's why they all, we work with them together. But I feel like when you said, I don't deserve to feel good, that was kind of like, oh my gosh. I mean, that's, that kind of hits home. I mean, not only because it was you and I felt bad for you as my son, uh, but it, it's the same for every woman that comes into my office. You know, they've been to two or three other doctors and they feel terrible and but yet their labs are normal and it's kind of like okay you know at what point do we just not deserve to feel good and and maybe that's why there aren't more objective studies and there should be more objective studies of hormones and what you can do to help them and change them and what we do in our everyday life think about it when you <laughs> when you're under when you're under stress and a lot is going on in your life at any point in your life, male or female, like for men, it's when you're stressed or when you're sick or anything like that, you your energy tanks, right? And that's a lot of times because your testosterone has tanked. And maybe your drive, your libido, motivation, all that tanks too. You're depressed. That's because your testosterone is tanked because your testosterone helps with your energy. For women, what happens to us? Well, our progesterone tanks. I've talked numerous times about the progesterone steal that happens when you need more cortisol because you're under stress, your progesterone is going to come, come to the rescue. So, you know, I've talked about that a lot. And this is just a really good example of the what is going on in your life is affecting your hormones. And you, you can change that. You are in charge of that. And knowing how your life is affecting your hormones, I think is a lot of power. And knowing that you deserve to feel good, to seek out what can help you feel good is ultimately the most important thing. Yeah, I don't really understand what the like takeaway is supposed to be from this article, I guess. I mean, she's worried about people kind of becoming like obsessed with balancing yeah. their hormones yeah. and maybe it... it it mm-hmm. ties into like body image problems and like unhealthy yes. dieting and stuff. Like so, orthorexia and things like that. Yeah, I yeah. agree. So I agree. If you're you I think you can definitely be overly concerned about your health and how you feel. And oh and put too much and put too much credit into TikTok. Like yeah, yeah. I'm fine with 
the way things, you know, are are out there in social media to 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 a point. And and we've even done the myth busting mm-hmm. on here about some TikTok things. And real scientific studies are really valuable and more it more valuable than a TikTok. Yeah. That that's all true for sure. Yes. But the thing that confuses me about this article is that it's like it's kind of like if you feel terrible and you're trying to figure out what it is and you have a some indication that's because your hormones are out of balance what what, what is this article telling you just forget about no, it yeah that's it's look i guess look, for, look for another another explanation mm-hmm. um so it, it's just it's kind of it's kind of uh demoralizing yeah it's not really very encouraging yeah. and i mean like we've said there there should be more studies that would be good mm-hmm. but you've had people come in and do this stuff and and feel better mm-hmm. and so th- th- this is the conclusion of the article which I thought was interesting also. It says, playing around with some hormone balancing suggestions is unlikely to hurt you, though you should take into account the ways that any diet and exercise plan could affect other medical conditions you might have and your mental health, like we were just discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it says right there, like this is, as long as you're not becoming overly obsessed with this stuff, which is probably the main yeah. possible side effect mm-hmm. there is no risk whatsoever to eating some seeds at certain times of the month like or trying to exercise at yeah. particular times of the month or eat foods at the particular times of the month that might be good for you yeah it's 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 a very just low low risk but yet it could be high reward yeah. intervention. So, right? so what's the point of just squashing this and telling everyone, don't be an idiot, don't do that? Mm-hmm. Why not do it? What I just thought of is that no one denies the connection between testosterone and how men feel, right? Like right. testosterone. Oh, no. Level, and there's a lot of scientific research on that. And there's a million products about yeah. that. And it's been around yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not controversial to say low T whatever mm-hmm. fix it and you'll feel better so why what, what's that what's fundamentally different about this it's just looking at your hormones and saying it's off and there's different things you can do to fix it mm-hmm. and again the thing that that got me about this is just the idea of saying a health condition isn't real yeah because that's what uh, I I dealt with a lot because people say that chronic Lyme disease isn't real. It's very right. common to say that, and it's mm-hmm. been a a thing for a long time. Um, there's more and more sup- evidence that it is real, um, but it's. I mean, I guess there could be scams, yeah, and you know, snake oh, oil salesmen that are making yeah. up a disease and selling you the cure at the same time. Yeah, but so. That's something to look out for. But there's also something very infuriating about someone coming and saying, you're saying you don't feel good and you you have a health problem. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's not real. Um, and, and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Um, so that's the, I think, kind of behind 
this mm-hmm. this kind of more specific criticism of hormone balancing and yeah i think it's pretty pop pretty popular viewpoint although like i said a couple times now i think when you really think about it it's very strange because it's it's just really discounting the importance of how you feel right which i think if you think about it for any time at all is obviously the most important factor in your health yes absolutely and it usually is the thing that that by far to me is the best uh, is the best measurement of success in in treatment so you know just wrapping it up and you guys can check out the article on your own and and see what you think and look up the research for yourself but i would just say in terms of research again there does need to be more probably more definitive research in women's health it's out there but there definitely isn't as much in women's hormone research as there is in men's um but but that's okay and um we'll get there we will get there but in the end you are in charge of your health you are in charge of how you feel and you are the final decision maker and in how you everything feel matters right and also i guess you know take 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 some of the things that you see on social media with a grain of salt as well i mean obviously there's going to be information there but you need to gather that information and decide how it would work for you and you know don't go crazy you know be smart be smart talk to your doctor um but never discount the way you feel 